everyone. Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. It's Jules, and I've dedicated this episode to the Northern Lights because the Northern Lights season is basically upon us. I mean, officially it's coming up, but Northern Lights have already been spotted in Iceland, some really intense ones. So I wanted to put together some helpful information in order to give you the highest possible chance of seeing these spectacular natural phenomenon. While it is possible to take a tour to see them, I'm kind of more of the driving myself type of individual. So I, of course, will be sharing some places that you can drive to in the country in order to view them. I also am giving some background information about the Northern Lights, including why they appear the best time of the year to see them, factors that impact you seeing the lights, how to know if the aurora borealis will appear, the best time of day to see them, and my recommendations when it comes to clothing, as well as tips on how you can capture the moon lights with your phone or camera. I tried to pack in, of course, as much information as possible to help you hunt down these lights and have an amazing experience. Before I jump in, I want to thank Go Car Rental Iceland for sponsoring this episode. They are a great local car rental company and my preferred rental car company based in Reykjavik. As I mentioned earlier, I like to go on adventures at my own pace in a car that I'm driving. And so, of course, having a car while you're in Iceland allows you to do that. Go Car Rental Iceland already has competitive rates. But what's even more amazing is that renting your car during winter, or at least the season we're going into now, which in essence, Iceland to me has only two seasons, summer and winter. So starting basically now that we're not in the high season any longer, the rates are so much better than in summer. On top of that, you can save 10% on your entire booking when you use my code ICELAND10 when you book with them. So let's get into why the northern lights appear. So when charged particles from the sun collide with atoms in the Earth's atmosphere, the electrons inside of atoms move to a higher energy state. When the electrons come down to a lower energy state, they release photons, which is light. That light is what we see as the aurora borealis, or also known as the northern lights. The strength of the Northern Lights or how strong the light show will appear depends on the solar activity and the speed at which these particles are coming toward the Earth. So this is one major factor as to why you may or may not see the Northern Lights during your trip. In regards to color, the color of the Northern Lights depends on the ionization of gases in Earth's atmosphere when the charged particles collides with them. The altitude at which the particles collide is also something that is important regarding the color because different gases are present at different altitudes and in varying concentrations. So you might only see one color or many if you're viewing the Northern Lights. The most common of the colors is green. And from my experience, though, I've seen some other really great colors, but just to kind of give you the range, there is blue, a purplish color, yellow, pink, red. I've even seen white. Red is normally associated with really intense solar activity, which is more on the rare side. I have seen it, but only like once or twice. So you'll be quite fortunate if you get to see that. 
undoubtedly the best time of the year to see the Northern Lights in Iceland is during winter. The Northern Lights season officially kicks off in October and runs through March. During this time, we have long, dark nights, and that provides ample opportunity to potentially see the lights. But please know that there isn't any guarantee that you'll see them, even during winter. You might be wondering, okay, if the best time of the year to see the Northern Lights is in the winter, can I also possibly see them in summer? Unfortunately, not. And the reason for that is there's just too much brightness. So Iceland during the months of June and July and most of August has about 24-hour bright nights. I say about just because it changes during the months, but in July for sure. And it isn't that the solar activity is necessarily any less or more during this time. It's just more about the fact that the sky is just too bright and you literally just can't see them. One thing to note, though, is that I have seen the Northern Lights in late August and September, so keep that in mind. However, because the days are still relatively long at that time, I normally just suggest visiting from October to March because your chances are just better. I mean, why not just have the best odds possible if you're going to make the trip in the first place? Some factors that can impact you seeing the Northern Lights during winter in Iceland are, of course, the weather. I feel like the weather impacts everything here. (laughs) That's just how it is. Cloud coverage, light pollution, and solar activity, which I had mentioned earlier. Ideally, there are no clouds or very few in the sky during the evening. Relatively good weather, no or little light pollution, and of course, decent to very good solar activity. For those wondering what light pollution is, if you're not aware, it is basically any light source that would make seeing the northern lights harder to view. So a good example is city lights which are a big source of light pollution. So getting away from the city to spots to view the Northern Lights in the countryside where, you know, there's not so many street lamps, where there's not many as, as many houses and it's just really dark, that is more of an advisable spot to go to to find. If there is a full moon as well, that is a source of light pollution. Now, granted, I have definitely seen the Northern Lights when there's a full moon. However, it just can be that the lights appear fainter. And of course, there's always an exception because I've been strolling down the streets of downtown Reykjavik before and have seen the Northern Lights where, you know, and of course Reykjavik is a city where there's a lot of light and a lot of light pollution, but it just so happened that the strength of the lights, of the Northern Lights, was so strong that I was able to see them. So, you know, I don't like to say it's always good to, you know, add in what is optimum in essence for you to see them. But of course, there are going to be times where you're just like, where it all just kind of comes together and you kind of luck out. So knowing when the Northern Lights will show up or how strong the lights will be is crucial because to be honest, it's cooler or cold when you're probably out looking for them and just feeling like you're going to have a good chance of seeing them according to a forecast or something really makes a difference so that you're not just out there hoping without any information as to whether or not they will show up. But thankfully, getting access to that information is simple. The Icelandic Meteorological Office has a webpage that is dedicated to showing the aurora forecast. And so they have a number system that's from zero to nine. Zero is no activity visible and nine is insanely intense activity. I've yet to encounter a nine But I hope that I do one day because that just sounds amazing. 
They also have a map that shows the cloud coverage in different parts of the country. So the link to that site, of course, can be found in the show notes of this episode, which is allthingsiceland.com forward slash Iceland dash northern dash lights dash guide. Uh, any links basically that I talk about during this episode will be found in the show notes of this episode on my website. So feel free to check that out. Another good resource is joining the Northern Lights Alert Facebook group because people are often posting there about when they see them and what part of the country that they're in. I'll have a link to that Facebook group as well in the show notes. Now, it might sound kind of interesting that there's a best time of day to see the Northern Lights, especially if you're here, say like in December, where it's really dark most of the time. And it would be so convenient if it showed up at like nine o'clock in the morning. However, (laughs) that's not normally the case. Even though the nights are long, from my experience over the years, it seems that from 10 p.m. to like three o'clock in the morning is when the Northern Lights want to show up. This is not an exact range, so please don't make it seem like these are the only times that it can happen. But this is typically the time frame in which it does. Can they show up at 8 p.m.? Absolutely. Can they show up at 6 p.m.? Sure. Does that normally happen? Unfortunately not. (laughs) And so, again, I just like to reiterate that, you know, while it can happen, I don't know why that particular time seems to be the case. I mean, scientifically, maybe it just also has to do with the solar activity as well. So it's just a good idea if you have checked out the forecast and see that it might be active for, you know, that evening and you're not sure if you're going to go out or not, you can peek out the window See if you see anything in the sky. Sometimes clouds actually can be a little bit distracting the way you think that you see something. And sometimes you do when it's just more faint and maybe it gets stronger. But it's just, you know, something that you can kind of make a little game out of, especially if you're on the countryside. It could be as easy as just opening your door and and staring up. When it comes to locations to see the Northern Lights, there are some really great ones. And I just made a little list of areas in Reykjavik, or at least the Reykjavik area, and then other places around the country. And so this is more for people who want some picturesque places that are away from light pollution. Because honestly, if you're out in the countryside, like staying at a hotel or Airbnb, a guest house, whatever it is, you, of course, can see them. It's not like these locations that I'm mentioning are the only ones in which it would be a good place. But if you like to take photos, time lapses, or if you just like being in a beautiful place to see them, then this is definitely a list for you. So around Reykjavik is one of them that's actually really close by to where I live. And that's Grotta Lighthouse on the Seltjarnes Peninsula. So Seltjarnes, that peninsula, is literally like a 10-minute drive. I mean, Grotta is like a 15-minute drive from the downtown area. So it's super close, beautiful lighthouse, great way of kind of with the mountains framing the Northern Lights. Heidmörk, which is a natural area in the Reykjavik metro area, as well as Løgedalur, which is in Reykjavik proper, if you will. And so these three places I think are, are pretty fun if you don't want to leave the city and have some picturesque places. Around the country, would be Thingvetler National Park. If you want to have a kind of mysterious, dark, and really interesting silhouette of rocks, then Reynesviara, Black Sand Beach. Of course, there you have to be careful with 
the waves, not getting too close to those because those are really dangerous. Called sneaker waves because they literally sneak up on you and can drag you out and drown you in sea. That's not fun. And in the north, there's Akureyri. So Akureyri is smaller than Reykjavik by a long shot. And you can actually, like if you drive across from the city, across the fjord, you can get some really great shots of the city and then the northern lights over it. So that's just kind of a nice thing to keep in mind with the mountains. As well as Ausbirke, which is one of my favorite places in Iceland. It's a canyon, glacial canyon that is just ugh, absolutely gorgeous. Vesterhort is another place. And don't worry, I will have also, and probably to some people, these words sound super foreign, which I totally understand. <laughs> and so, like, I guess I'm so used to saying them or thinking about them now that it doesn't really come across that way. But I have everything listed in the show notes. So feel free to check that out. But this canyon is really beautiful. Oh, that's, sorry, that's Asperge. So Vestrahor is a mountain range in the southeast. Jökulsárlón, Glacier Lagoon, also southeast. And that's just really pretty to like potentially get some photos or videos of, you know, the northern lights spreading across the sky, like dancing. And then you see the icebergs in the lagoon. Kirkjufet Mountain on the Sinfosnes Peninsula. That's a really popular place where people get some beautiful shots. And, and Kirkjufet in general is just a mountain that a lot of people take photos of because of its shape. It looks like an arrowhead. And of course, waterfall-wise, Seyelandsfoss Waterfall or Skogafoss Waterfall in the south. So this is not an exhaustive list. It's just meant to be some places for inspiration. If you do happen to take some photos or videos of the Northern Lights, definitely feel free to tag me on Instagram, Facebook, or any of those places. I'd love to see it. I think it's really amazing. And I just, I love this part of winter for sure. If you're looking to capture the Northern Lights, I have some helpful tips. So one thing I have noticed, though, which is great, is the new phones. So iPhone and I think like Samsung and all these other phones that have much better cameras on them now. It's so much easier to capture a Northern Lights photo without having to do much. But if you have an older phone or if you just want to like make the picture or time lapse as amazing as possible, here's some other tips. Along with those, of course, we're using like DSLR cameras and mirrorless cameras. So using a tripod makes a huge difference because you can keep your camera or phone still as possible. A remote so that you don't actually have to press the button on your phone or camera because that can make it shaky and mess up you being able to capture a decent photo or time lapse. And of course, like I would mentioned, the locations that I just talked about, they provide a frame, like a natural frame for the Northern Lights. Because just taking the lights on their own are beautiful, but there's something about having like a natural surrounding that really makes the picture all come together. And so that's just something to keep in mind. A headlamp, of course, for being able to see in the dark. <laughs> because especially if you're using like a regular camera, a lot of those buttons or cameras are, are black. And so it's almost impossible to be able to see unless you're going to use your car or like getting in and out of your car to change settings. And that could just get frustrating. For my phone in the past, I've used the Nightcap app in order to capture time lapse. And I probably will continue to do that in the future unless I find a different app that I like specifically for time lapses to capture Northern Lights. However, uh, like I mentioned, the new iPhone and other phones, if you're looking to capture a photo, they seem to already do an amazing job. So, you know, you don't have to worry about too much there. I also have a 
link in the show notes for those who need instructions for DSLR and mirrorless cameras because aperture and all of this really makes a huge difference. So those little details and changes on your camera will allow you to be able to capture the most magnificent photos. Like I've seen some photographers on Instagram and I'm just like, wow, it's insane what they're able to capture and also how long they're out there, which brings me to my next point, which happens to be about clothing, what to wear, what to think about when you're going Northern Lights hunting, because sometimes it can be a while that you're out there and having comfortable, warm clothing is crucial. So parkas or warm outer layers with some water resistance will definitely come in handy. Layers such as like a warm sweater underneath that, such as my tried and true Icelandic Lobe Pesa, <laughs> always helps to keep me super warm. And a base layer, like, you know, something you wear that's long johns will, will be something that you're so happy to have. I mean, at first you might feel a little warm, but when you have to turn off the car, when you're standing outside, you'll be so grateful for them. Of course, things like hats, gloves, thick socks, you know, decent boots, even some hand warmers. I mean, I'm one of those people that I try not to use them. I have reusable hand warmers, but uh, in the future, I would love to kind of become like Wim Hof. <laughs> this is a very random side note, but he they call him the Iceman. I think he's from the Netherlands, but he has this breathing technique where basically he can regulate the temperature of his body with breathing exercises. And my hands get so cold, they can go numb which, you know, might seem interesting that I still like living in Iceland, even though that's the case. But it's something that I've been working through. <laughs> At the same time, though, having like hand warmers and things like this before I become a breathing expert for regulating temperature in my body, it's something I, I just make sure I have handy. And if you need more types of ideas regarding essentials for packing when, you, when it comes to winter in Iceland, I have an ultimate packing checklist that's completely free and it has a winter packing checklist on it. So you can find that in the show notes. You can download it. You might also want to have something warm to drink, some snacks and a lot of patience, a lot of it, because it can be that you see them right away or that it takes a while. And sometimes that's just part of the adventure. It's like going out there late at night, <laughs> waiting for the Northern Lights to possibly appear because the forecast was good. And sometimes the Northern Lights put on a show for a long time, but don't be surprised. They show up, disappear, and then show up later again that night, like after you've gone home or, you know, been sitting there for a while. So those are pretty much the things I feel like are helpful to know. And of course, when it comes to renting a car, most, if not all, rental car companies put studded tires on the cars. So if it's icy out and stuff like that, you should be able to drive safely. Of course, take precaution. Just make sure you're paying attention to the road. It can be also quite dark. Those are just things to keep in mind. But for the most part, if there's no like winter storm or anything like that, you should be all good to go and finding, you know, some decent places to view the lights. Before I jump into the random fact of the episode, I just want to again Thank Go Car Rental Iceland for sponsoring this episode. Make sure that you use my code Iceland10 when you're booking so that you can save 10%. The random fact of the episode is that the first time I saw Northern Lights was so magical. I don't actually remember the day specifically, meaning the date, but I just know that they were faint. 
when I saw them. And I was still awestruck. It was just like, wow, they're there. And like, I could see them moving across the sky. It just felt like, oh, I was dreaming. Like, it just doesn't seem real. And sometimes even now when I see them, I just think to myself, whoa, like nature is just beautiful. (laughs) And and I'm speechless, honestly. And it just brings me so much joy. So whenever I see that the forecast says they're going to be decent, I try to go out just to even have the fun of being out there and not so much about capturing them even though I'm a content creator so you know more than likely you'll see it on Instagram or TikTok you know YouTube all these places where you can follow me if you're not already because yeah the sharing is it's a part of the job but it's also something I really enjoy so that people can feel like they have something to look forward to if they haven't been yet or are planning to come back and I do plan to share in a future episode about folklore regarding Northern Lights in Iceland, because that is interesting. And of course, as we get more into the season, I want to kind of dive into other things that would make it more interesting culture-wise as, you know, we talk about this phenomenon that happens specifically in winter. The Icelandic word of the episode is Norðurljós, and I'll say it slower, Norðurljós, Norðurljós. And literally, Norður means northern, Leos means lights. Super easy. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. If you're planning to come to Iceland during the winter, happy northern lights hunting to you. And I hope that you're able to see the most majestic, amazing show possible. Thank you.